You are now tuned in to Mastering Mitzvahs. Mastering Mitzvahs. A podcast focused on creating the perfect bar and bat mitzvah celebration. Offering tips, tricks, and trends to ensure an amazing event. Mastering Mitzvahs. From New Jersey's own explosive entertainment. Explosive entertainment. I know you're going to dig this. And here they are. Your hosts, Dylan Weissman and Mike Langsdorf. Love when we're starting off the new year the right way. Two recordings in two weeks, back to back. On Good. Monday at noon. Look at us go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's the way we're going to be, hopefully for the entire new year. Uh, Have you, how was your weekend, Dylan? Uh, I, I was actually going to jump right into how is your New Year's resolutions going? Professionally, well, personally, diet and intermittent fasting uh, out the window. But I was at the gym today for a third day in a row. Hey, that's how all great streets start is one after another. Um, yeah, I uh, I dedicated myself to three, 30 minutes of walking every single day. And um, I did it every day but yesterday because I had an event. I had a, I had a Sweet 16. Um, at night, so you're you're not yet at the age where walking is a excuse for exercise. I'm there. You're it's not, not there yet. It's not. It's not in a. It's this is in addition to every other thing that I do. You're actually in my gym right now. I'm looking at the weight rack and the squat rack right there. I got the bike over here. I'm standing on the treadmill because there's people doing some work in my house right now, and uh, I'm trying to avoid the noise, which I'm probably not doing a great job of. I'd like to see you hit that treadmill on 12 miles an hour right now and record this podcast. Not a shot. My laptop is like rigged on like a box on top of another box that just to get it at eye level. Come on. Um, we got a 30 minute podcast. You get a great run in. I know. Um, uh, so, so, hey, I'm, I'm happy that we're back. This is episode. This is, um, excuse me, part two of uh, what we think should be a two part uh, recording here where we're reviewing 24 tips for planning bar bat mitzvahs. Um, in the new year or any of the upcoming years, things that we've picked up in the last few years of us doing what we do. A lot of this we've probably mentioned at one point or another throughout our podcast recordings, but uh, we're trying to spitfire them rapidly here. And give yeah, you I think that's just, things to consider. Yeah, um, I think that, that just makes it valuable. Um, yeah. Be- before we jump into it, because I, I know there's a lot to talk about, uh, one of our goals for this year is bring on some more guests. Right. So um, uh, if you were a past family that did a party with us um, and you had a great experience, I think even if you're a family that didn't do a party with us that had a unique or or uh, a, a worthwhile learning experience that could help other families like this is not a podcast dedicated to explosive families only. Um, I think that that that's why this podcast is so special is that it's not just our viewpoint, and our opinion. So if you are a family who has had an event, a unique situation, tips that you want to share with you know, future families that are doing this thing, let us know. Yeah. Um, and, and likewise, if you're in the business and you're uh, one of our podcast listeners and uh, you have some tips or things to share, please uh, send us an, a, a note. We'll try to uh, filter you in here, right? That's going to be one of our big goals for the new year. Absolutely. So welcome to, I believe, episode 29 or 129, um, where it's 24 tips for mitzvah planning in 2024. Um, we ended at right in the middle um, with 12. We, we did one through 12 and they're in no particular order. And now we're going to jump right into number 13 on our list. So Mike, why don't you 
Take this one. All right. Uh, tip number 13, bring backup clothes and backup shoes. I, I mean, it's pretty obvious why, but um, it's sad that it's not done every time. And, and you never know when you're either going to break a heel or your shoe gets, you know, wet or broken or just uncomfortable. Uh, shirts get stained. You know, imagine during cocktail hour, you stain, you know, marinara sauce, you know, on your white shirt, you know, uh, dad. And now the rest of your party, you've got, you know, this red stain. So just bring backup clothes. Pretty self-explanatory. I don't think it needs a big conversation. Yeah. I think the backup clothes, if you're the type of family who likes to let loose and it doesn't have to be another white shirt suit, it could be, you know, your bar bot mitzvah kids logo to t-shirt sized just for you. So um, in my opinion, like I think a, a dress change or a uh, suit change towards the end of the party is always a welcomed addition. I think you'll feel better and more comfortable unless you're the type of family who really enjoys dressing up and wants to stay that way. Um, I think there's some value in, in having that extra clothes. Yeah, man. Um, all right. Number 14, plan on family photos before cocktail hour. This is a two-folded idea. So think back to your wedding uh, or, or possibly your wedding where you had uh, a, maybe a first look and then you cranked out all of your photos after that so that you can enjoy your cocktail hour. Well, that's kind of the idea here. In a bar and bar mitzvah, the cocktail hour is so incredibly important because in bar and bar mitzvah world, there's so many formalities that kind of prevent you from having an opportunity to chit chat with all the people you really want to connect with that are your invited guests. So by having your photos done ahead of time, your cocktail hour becomes the opportunity for you to mix and mingle. So from the adult perspective, it gives you an opportunity to do the greetings that you need to do so that way when you come into your reception space you're ready to just throw down dance and have a good time from the kids perspective this is now not taking away the bar or bot mix the guest of honor and it allows the entertainment team to drive the attention and the energy and the charisma and the games and contests through the guest of honor as opposed to just doing it with a random group of guests that have no connection to each other other than the bar about mitzvah girl i think having the um having the actual guest of honor in the cocktail space is really really important i'll, I'll just add two quick points one i think you'd get much more creative with the photo shoot um if it's not during party time you know your your photographer could take you outside take you you know if you're in like a urban area and there's some cool you know urban uh streets or graffiti on walls like you know, you could do some more edgy things uh, with your family and your friends. Um, and also, just like we were talking about with backup clothing, you're going to look your best at the start of the event. That's when your hair is still flat. That's where, you know, the collars are still perfectly pressed. Um, the jackets are still on. You know, like you're going to look the best for those formal shots. So do that as early as possible. That's right. That's right. All right. Number 15. The importance of DJ staging. You know, this is this you, is a funny one. Um, you've been talking understand. about this so much in the last few weeks. I like it's so apropos that this is yours. You know, for years I DJed simple events before being part of Explosive, and I always said, "Ah, you don't need stages. You don't need lights. You you know, like I, I was a very simple guy." And um, little by little by little, <laughs> all of our dancers and MCs have kind of gotten into my head of the importance of stages. You know, we, in most cases, are not any bigger or taller than you or your guests. So how do we be seen? If we're trying to, hey, everybody, look at us. You know, we're leading a dance. 
we need to physically be taller than everybody. And that's why most of our stages are 16 or even 24 inches tall to make us that much bigger and larger than life. Um, it also gives us the opportunity to bring the guest of honor or the host family into the spotlight without them being lost in the crowd. And our goal is always a packed dance floor. But how do we how do we keep you involved but not lose you in that that herd of guests? So um, staging is wickedly important. Well, not only that, but you also now have an opportunity to get a much better tiered photo of all the kids. Um, you have a chance now for the message of your celebration to be projected so much better to your crowd of 200. Um, and like, it's kind of like, would you imagine seeing a Broadway play, but everything was flat? They, they weren't on an elevated stage above the guests that are the audience that was there. It would have such a different message. It would have such a different tone. So that stage does so much for the message of your celebration. If it's look here for a, um, a, a toast or a speech, or if it's look here because we're doing a dance, or if it's look here because it's time to start the candle lighting, that message is now conveyed so much cleaner on an elevated platform. And dancing on a stage is way fun. So like, let that, let's not discount that. Kids like it. You also kept like saying, look here. I think that's a big point too. It becomes your focal point. There are times that, you go into a room and you really just don't know which way to stand. Like sometimes the DJ is tucked off in a corner, especially like um, a nightclub type space. The DJ is off in a corner or on a second floor. The DJ is not the focal point, should not be the focal point. So where you position stages really is where everybody starts to look. And I, I would challenge any family then to create a great backstage look, some sort of backdrop, whether it's a giant LED video wall whether it's printed banners, whether it's pipe and drape, um, you know, a logo, anything that is behind the stage to make this multi-tiered, multi-dimensional focal point. Um, that's key. I, I'm a big advocate for that. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, tip number 16 of 24, understand the importance of a dark room versus a daytime party in a space with a lot of windows. Um, this, is a, this comes down to first and foremost, a style thing but also the time of year that you're having your event. And then furthermore, what is your goal of the celebration? Is it an, an edgy, fun nightclub experience or is, a, is it a polished, elegant luncheon? There is a rhyme and a reason for both venues to exist in this space. And if you have a venue that has beautiful scenery and great greenery and it's overlooking the, you know, the 18th hole of a golf course and you like that vibe, then you should be booking a venue like that in the afternoon because once it's nighttime, you're not going to see any of that, but the windows still let in moonlight and starlight, which then affects your dance floor atmosphere. So understand the importance of what type of room you're booking and then lean into that even further. Um, or what's going to end up happening is you are going to start realizing that, Hey, I have a room with a lot of windows, a lot of natural light, and I'm having an evening celebration and I want my party to hit it off right away. I'm not going to wait till eight o'clock at night in May for the sun to go down. Now we got to start considering a major cost of like draping and blacking out the room, but that's not what you paid for. You paid for a beautiful, elegant room with big windows. So it's one of those things where it becomes very challenging if you book a venue for the wrong reasons. If you have a lot of light, lean into it. If you are looking for a very dark room, 
for a nightclub atmosphere, whether it's daytime or afternoon, lean into it and get some great lighting effects involved. I got nothing to add. You hit that one right on the head. Just plan ahead and know what your vision is. Cool. Uh, this is a this is a great topic that I love. Number 17 of 24. Understand that kids' games are a great way to change the room dynamics, reset dancing, and keep the music volume low at necessary times. And um, I'm going to share a story. One of my best, best, best friends, we grew up together, in fact, when we were 13. Um, he's now at the point where he's planning his kids' bar mitzvah. And uh, speaking with him and his wife just last week, they said they want to have a nonstop dance party. They don't care if we stop music for dinner. They don't care if we stop music for dessert. They just want people up dancing the entire time. And I knew where this conversation was going to go, but I had posed some questions. And, you know, specific to this, you know, are we doing kids games? Well, yeah, the kids do want to play Coke and Pepsi. Great. Well, when should we do Coke and Pepsi became the next part of the conversation. And as we started talking about it and thinking that, you know, there are a bunch of elder elders at the party who are going to want to have a civilized sit down meal. All of this started to make sense. And a nonstop dance party is a great concept in theory until you really start to dissect the needs of an event. And in this party, you know, the, the bar mitzvah boy does want to play a trivia game and he does want to play Coke and Pepsi. So then figuring out, when do we do these things made so much sense to have resets and the trivia game we very intentionally do during adult dinner so there's not blaring loud music playing while the adults are trying to have a civilized meal and coke and pepsi we want to play later in the night but not too late because if we play it too late there's a chance that the guests the adult guests might think this is what's going on for the rest of the night Here's my opportunity to say goodbye and dip out a little early. So there's a very conscious decision. Now think about Coke and Pepsi. If we played it a little earlier and then come right out of that with a great dance set for the adults, we just reset the dynamic. We had the kids fully engaged in a game for 15, 20 minutes, and then we flip the script. We bring the adults out, and maybe the kids are moving on to photo booth, moving on to uh, activities, games, other things. There's a great reason to have games at a party well I, I mean from my mc background and mc training and uh i'll never forget um i was trained by one of the industry greats bobby morgenstein who like invented the the common day bar and bat mitzvah and he told me have a rhyme and a reason for everything you do you are not just vocal fodder for the event and he told me if you are going to play an elimination style game like coke pepsi Plan it so that when you they eliminate, they're going somewhere specific. I always like doing Coke Pepsi while the adults are eating, but before the kids have their buffet. So that way I can eliminate the kids to the buffet and it not have a 50-kid backup line. I can then eliminate at a very consistent pace so that there's always movement in the buffet line. And by the time I'm done getting the kids through the buffet line, the game also ends. So it's like... It was almost intended that way. There's not a backup line of just, you know, 50 kids um, or something along those lines. There's a reason and a rhyme behind every single game that I would do at a bar about mitzvah and when I do it. So it's a great way to maneuver your energy around um, while giving everyone what they're looking for. Dylan, you always call it Coke Pepsi. 
and most other people I've heard call it Coke and Pepsi. So I'm going to challenge our listeners. Add a comment. How do you think this game is actually titled? Is it Coke and Pepsi or is it Coke Pepsi? Let's let's. We've never debated this before, but I've always picked up your hand up. I never realized that I didn't say it. You always just call it Coke Pepsi. Is that something you realized a while ago? I have, and I've never brought it up because I don't know if there's a right or wrong. I it, I don't know if Bobby Morgenstein is as old as the inventor of this game. Maybe he invented the game. We should actually ask him. I don't know. Who do you um, think invented the game? Uh, the founder of Ginger Ale. All right. <laughs> DJ Shmuley. Number 18, realize the importance of formality is both an honor, an honor to tradition as well as capturing great photos. So unlike uh, a wedding where there are very, very little formalities um, and you get all of your photos ahead of time, um, sometimes you don't have an opportunity to get great posed family photos. So formalities are a great way to give you those staged photos, but then also let everyone be a part of it. So when you really look back into what a bar and bat mitzvah is, the coming of age tale of a, of a Jewish adult to be brought into a community, a synagogue, a congregation, the congregation now wants to be a part of that individual's Jewish journey. And some of the ways that they would do that is by being included in their prayers or being included in their ceremony or service. And at the bar, the common day bar environments of party, you have these little moments like blessings or speeches or toasts or candle lightings. I love utilizing candle lightings as a great way to get post photos with individual groups of people that are important to that kid's coming of age tale. So while a lot of people look at that and roll their eyes because they feel like it takes too long, the end result is both an honor. And you will then look back and say, oh, wow, look at my camp friends from so many years ago. We're still friends today. And this is now our kids bar and bat mitzvah. So like there is definitely some upside to having those formalities and they do not derail from your celebration. No, and th those things become big parts of your album or your video. So when you look back 10, 15, 20 years later and you open up your album or you rewatch your video, those are memories that were captured for the right reasons. That's right. All right. Number 19, we're flying right now. 19 of 24. Um, when selecting entertainment, realize that there's a lot that makes companies different. And, man, I feel like we could have 16 podcasts just on this topic. But um, what makes a company different? Like, let's, let's start with that question. What makes an entertainment company different? Well, it's experience. It's their abilities. Um, it's their creativity. Uh, it's their open-mindedness to trying or doing different things. Um, we just did a staff meeting and, and we asked, you know, we did SWOT analysis. And one of the things that uh, one of the employees said is, we never say no. If a client has an idea, we're always open-minded to exploring it and figuring out if it's a great thing for us to try. So, um, you know, that that's a piece of it. What, what makes companies different? We hear all the time, my son or daughter was at a party last week, and then they came to your party next week, and it was different. But what makes it different? Is it timeline? Is it flow? Is it um, the style, personality, likability of the team? I, I mean, Dylan, what, what are some of your favorite things that make one company different than another? And, and different, not always better, not always worse, just different. Do they have experience at the venue you're working at? 
Do they know how to operate that kitchen? Like, for example, um, one of our closest friends at, at Cooper's in Trenton um, loves referring us because you were a former banquet manager there. So you know that kitchen and you know how it operates. But then also I've done, you know, 50 or 60 events there in my lifetime. So I know what makes that kitchen run well. So they love referring us. So who has that company worked in your venue space before? So that way they know how to operate the the timeline there and make sure that all of your vendors are in sync uh, is a big thing that makes a company different. I also think available talent. Do you have an MC who is familiar with the importance of the Jewish tradition um, that you're serving up? Or is it just some hype guy? Um, or is that what you're looking for? Is that what you're looking for? So understanding all of that is going to be a big deal in what makes a company different. And you don't want to overlook any one aspect. There, there are also some companies that just focus on one thing. Um, you know, one, one of our competitors very recently kind of did away with all of the extras and just said, we are just going to do Bar Mitzvah Entertainment. If you want video walls and CO2 blasts and black lights and all these other things, they, you're going to have to outsource that. And that might be okay for some families and other families might want a one-stop shop where they can get all of the extras, the lounge furniture, the custom built photo kiosk, you know, um, you know, just, just do your homework, explore. This is not an apples and oranges or apples and apples type of, you know, world. There are so many different varieties that's, or variations. That's my favorite. That's my favorite takeaway from this point is that you're never going to be comparing apples to apples. Uh, too many families, especially families who are like very, very driven on like, this is our budget and we're sticking to it and we're not moving away from it. And like, we have a hard mind on, we're going to spend this much money on entertainment. When they look at pricing sheets and they're going to say, all right, this company is offering it for $5,000 and this company is offering it for $8,000. I cannot even consider the $8,000 price point because my budget is six. So now I threw that one away and I'm looking at the $5,000 one, but you never looked at the inclusions. This one is $5,000 of only entertainment where this one was $8,000 of entertainment, staging, lighting, and a photo station. So like, you really got to understand you're never going to be comparing apples to oranges or you're always going to be comparing apples to oranges. I'm not the biggest sports guy as we know, but you know, there's some big football games on yesterday and you, you could even talk, you know, are all teams, they're all professional football teams, right? But are some better than the other? Clearly, in, in the results of last night's games or just games as a whole. Some teams play much better. Some teams have much better coaches. Some teams have a more dynamic team where when the first string is not available, the second string is as good or maybe they're not as good. Um, and then you've got NFL level, but then you also have college level, high school level. Are all football players created equal? The answer is no. And that analogy so perfectly relates to entertainers you know uh when you're picking your your team for a draft dylan you know like I, i've never done a draft before but you know how do you go about picking the best quarterback for your draft and, and i think that same theory applies to picking the best mc who is the quarterback for a bar about that so hold on to that uh that football analogy because we're gonna we're, we'll uh, talk about our super bowl showcase at the end <laughs> um, i'm staying away from uh team topics as of last night um but i did watch the game by the way we're multiple games yesterday all weekend I'm, actually I'm, I watched saturday and sunday i'm football. shocked i'm shocked um well for what it's worth i mean as an eagles fan i was very happy to see the dallas cowboys lose uh in the playoffs but i yep. still have to deal with tonight yep 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 
Um, all right. All right. Number, number 20. 20. Is this my topic or yours? No, it's mine. You just talk a lot. Um, all right. Number 20. <laughs> Parties should end on a bang. Going overtime can be tricky and result in a weaker and diminishing end to an event. At the end of the day, you'd much rather have everyone wanting more than fizzling out. And we're seeing it more and more and more where bar mitzvah-styled venues are only offering four-hour packages because that's the recipe for high-energy dancing from start to finish. And then families are itching for that fifth hour in their head because that's what they are ingrained to know. So they're considering adding that extra time. But when you build the timeline around a four-hour party, that fifth hour becomes overtime, per se. And you think you have all these great wishes like, you know, I'm good. I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to run this marathon, but I can't even run 30 minutes. It's this great big mindset. And by the end of that mindset, you're just gassed. And, uh, and I'd rather see all of your guests leaving thinking, oh my goodness, I love that we were singing until the very last song. We were dancing, we were celebrating. And then we all hit up the hotel bar because we didn't want the party to stop. But at least you knew that your party, your celebration, your reception, the moments that were important to the celebration of that guest of honor ended on a high note that was deserved. Precisely. I, yep. I got nothing to add. It would describe perfectly. I love this next topic here, number 21. Um, <laughs> don't get too drunk at your own event. Be a host. Man, like we've seen some hosts and hostesses who didn't make it to the end of their own event. Like to spend so much money on a one day event and this one day is for your son or daughter you got to be there and you got to be in tune and you got to know what's going on and you got to be a host and um there's a lot of nerves that go into this it's a nervous day we know a lot of uh parents are probably dieting as they get closer to the party your tolerance may not be what it is and and you know, we talked before about doing photos, like you're getting pulled in all different directions. You may not even get a chance to eat at your own event. And we encourage you to, we want you to, but be cautious on how much you consume or what you consume. If you're not used to drinking shots and everyone's bringing you to the bar to do shots, we want you to have a good time. We want you to get loose, but there's a fine line between getting loose and blacking out really. Um, and I, I will never say the name, but I, I, can think vividly of a party where literally mom missed one half of the event. She just, yeah, yeah. she couldn't make it. She went up to the bridal suite, passed out, threw up. Like, and I wonder how that affects the kids. Like in the moment, the kids still had a blast, but like, is the kid upset that mom missed part of the party? Like, and you start to dial this all back down and just know your tolerance, eat, you know, and, and, you know, if you have an after party back at your house or at the hotel bar, that's your time. But be a host. Be classy. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to add. I've seen – like, you should just know yourself um, and your drinking habits. I mean, this is going to be a celebration. There's going to be alcohols in most cases. I mean, you need to know your habits. And it reminds me of, like – so I was a best man in a wedding very, very recently, and um, – my job was to ensure that the groom who was a heavy drinker, heavy partier, my friends are, you know, the best lot. You've been to weddings, you were a DJ at weddings with me. Um, we, we do it right, but I had to make sure that the groom made it through all of the different pieces of the celebration without, you know, going over the edge. So, um, 
you know, maybe, maybe if you are the type of uh, drinker that, that, you know, likes to just dive into that head first, maybe you assign a maid of honor uh, to the, to your right hand and say like, Hey, make sure I'm curbing this a little bit. Cause I got to make it through the montage um, or whatever. So, so just a quick tip. If you're the host, if there's nothing wrong with going over to the bartenders in advance and saying, look, I don't want to look silly, but like, can you water my drinks down? Make it look like you're still drinking, but you know, put a, put a little extra seltzer in that, you know, a little shorter pour whenever possible. Um, and that kind of leads into our next tip 22, uh, arrange for a car service or a stay at a hotel. Um, I really like the first part of this even more than the second part, even though they are exceptionally important. I, first of all, there's no excuse, never an excuse to get behind the wheel of a car intoxicated of any capacity, period, end of story, full stop. Um, Especially with your kids in the car. Specifically with your kids in the car, uh, full stop. Now, from that idea, arranging for it ahead of time is so much better of an idea than trying to get an Uber last minute in the middle of, you know, North Jersey or wherever your party may be. You don't want to rely on that because you're on a high of an event. You want to celebrate the right way. You want to continue this, you know, trajectory of, of great memories. Don't leave it up to chance for, for Uber or Lyft to pick you up when you tell them to. Arranging for a car service is equal or same money, similar or same money. And it allows you to know that you have a ride where you're supposed to be. I also think that that's kind of like a fun way of ending it, especially if you have like a, a group of camp friends that are sleeping over. Maybe renting a limousine is a really fun way to cap off the night for your bat mitzvah girl. I mean, I think that like those type of little nuance makes your celebration even more exciting. And it keeps that like, you know, celebrity status going. I, I'm, well, actually, the next point leads directly into where I was going to say. So let me, before I jump ahead. Uh, I personally love the idea of staying in a hotel too. It, it makes it into, you know, if you're doing brunch <coughs> the next day, especially if you have a lot of out of town guests, how much fun rather than just sending the out of town guests to the hotel, but you stay with them and the kids could kind of shack up together. Like the adults could hang at the lobby bar. You could take advantage of a pool or whatnot that might be on site. Um, don't make this into a five hour bar about mitzvah. Make this into a weekend of, with your family. I'm yeah, it's kind of like, it's kinda like a, a staycation in a way. Yeah. So can, can we move on to number 23? Because it ties in so perfectly. Um, number 23 is make sure you have arrangements and or assigned helpers and vehicles to assist at the end of the event. And I think, Dylan, when we were coming up for the list of um, topics to talk about, 23 naturally followed 20. Um, because at the end of the night, not only do you have to leave the venue and say goodbye to all your guests, but in a lot of cases, you have a lot of stuff to take with you. A you've lot got, of stuff. You, you've got centerpieces, you've got uh, valuables, you know, gifts, uh, money, um, you know, all so much stuff. So how does that get home? You know, if you're showing up in a four-door sedan, chances are that stuff will not fit in that. So, you know, you said, you know, plan ahead, have a limo. Like if you're, when you're planning that limo, if it's a stretched suburban, awesome you know you got room to put stuff in or if you're not having a car service or if your venue is a hotel what are the arrangements you know what family members live nearby and are not drinking that you can trust to help assist and certainly with those valuables point that person out in advance like you know dylan maybe it's your brother or your uncle or you know hey i need you to make sure that the 
box of gifts ends up in your car. Because at the end of the night, you, Dylan, are so busy saying goodbye to everybody. And, and the breakdown of events, we got to admit, breakdown is chaotic at every venue. I don't <laughs> care where you are. Um, at the end of the night, you've got waiters and waitresses, bartenders, DJs, florists, all it looks like a swarm, an army of people come through and they're trying to break down an event quickly and get home. We're all tired, but there's so many valuables that need to have accountability as to where they go. So I think the big piece of that is the word accountability. Yep. Yep. So just ask your venue, Hey, is this stuff tough to come out tonight? We're going to pick it up the next day or the Monday or whatever. And then whatever that answer is, then be ready for that. Hire, you, you can even hire, you know, part of your day of coordination service, could be. I'm bringing a, a Yukon or an, uh, an Explorer to your venue and pile it all in. All right. So I'm going to give you the caveat. This is supposed to be our last tip, but we, in a true explosive fashion, have actually 25 tips. So let's go to number 24. Um, if you plan on paying gratuities, plan ahead and bring envelopes, cash, etc. Um I'll speak as both uh, an owner of a company and a talent on the event. Gratuity is never expected and always appreciated. We work hard and just like you would, you know, give a gratuity to anyone who would work hard on any of the projects that you may have. Um, your staff at your bar and bot mitzvahs are never different. And this is always a very hard topic to have uh, an open conversation about. But the fact is that you have people providing you with a service that is a huge deal. So if you plan on giving gratuities, we always recommend you bringing, first of all, cash that's easily dividable, easily divisible. So 20s and hundreds that are easily to break up as opposed to like, you know, hey, I have a crew of 10 people and I brought $100 bill. It's hard to break that up. Um, and it's never a bad idea to ask your, you know, the leads on the job, hey, how many people are you planning on bringing that day? Because there's people that you didn't even realize are going to be a part of your celebration that make it great that are behind the scenes that you didn't see on the line items. You have four dancers, but you also have two lighting technicians and a video guy. Like those aren't listed on your contracted services because that's what comes with moving heads or video or whatever it may be. So um, plan ahead, bring the envelopes. And it's never a bad idea to ask, hey, how many people are there? What's the appropriate gratuity if I plan on doing it and so on? And yeah, and I, I think this tip number 24 is much bigger than just entertainment. It goes across the boards for, you know, most vendors, uh, maitre d's, serving staff, bartenders. You'll know in advance where gratuities are built in and where they're not. Um, but you might be surprised the day of when you see the maitre d' go that extra mile and, you know, um, help with the broken shoe that we were talking about before, or make sure that there's a change of clothes or get you food to keep you sober. Like that maitre d' might be doing so many things over and above. And it's so much more meaningful at the end of the night when you say, here you go, thank you so much for going the extra mile, as opposed to, hey, I forgot to bring cash. I'm going to get it to you later this week. And then it just starts to dwindle. The importance or newness of it starts to dwindle. Uh, it is a delicate topic. Um, it's something that you know is real, though, and um, I think it's something important that we say. So you know, but um, again, never expected, always appreciated, and you know, know your team. Um, but just be prepared. And Dylan, I'll also just give one tip. Sometimes families give the gratuities to 
either a family member to distribute at the end of the night, or if there's a planner on site, they give it to the planner and say, hey, can you make sure at the end of the night this goes out? That's a great strategy because, again, at the end of the night, you're so busy saying goodbye and you know dealing with that breakdown we just discussed. It's a, it's a lot. So, yep. um, yeah, have a plan in place. All right, bonus tip of Mitzvah Plan, 24 tips for 2024. Here's tip number 25. Uh, don't leave music totally up to chance. Mike, this is one of your favorite topics as a DJ, so just take it and take it quick because we're now already over our time. Bottom line is we're not mind readers. We do know what to play. Yes, we do absolutely know what to play at a bar or bar mitzvah, but we don't know what you like or what you don't like. And maybe we'll just play a, a song that is totally something you hate. Like you hate, I don't know, let's just say you hate Earth, Wind, and Fire, and you know we're going to play September like because September is a song we might probably play in an adult dance set. Um, just fill us in. Tell us what it is, especially when it comes to formalities. You know, we've given many examples through the past of candle lighting. Like, you know, we just don't know every single group of people that you're pulling up for candle lighting. So just pick the songs. You know, if you need guidance, we'll guide you in advance. Um, don't leave it up to chance and don't leave it up to last minute either. Pick the songs we in know. advance. Fill out your forms. We know it's so incredibly challenging to think of every song you've ever loved and try and get it down on paper. So if you even give us just styles, like, hey, I love 80s hip hop. Hey, I love the current rap. I love uh, house and dance music. Um, you know, we are big Bruce Springsteen fans. Well, if you told me that you're big Bruce Springsteen fans, I can kind of draw the parallels between Bruce Springsteen and uh, and Bon Jovi. And I can draw the parallel from Bon Jovi to Billy Joel. Like, I can kind of find my way through that. Not bad for a Pennsylvania guy. Bro, you've been in Jersey long enough. You're firing I, off these. My, my, hair, my hair is in a bun and everything, man. So I, I, I feel like I got a little bit more Jersey me than ever before. So don't leave music up to chance. All right, Mike, uh, our Super Bowl showcase is a great way to experience a lot of what we've already talked about and um, see the talent in action. Uh, February 11th, um, if you go to superbowlshowcase.com, uh, you can see all of the information. You can see videos from past showcases. And this is a great opportunity for you to touch and feel and interact with some industry professionals and event planners and DJs and just incredible, incredible talent for your day all in one spot. Um, and we promise to get you home before the big game. So, I mean, Super Bowl Showcase, I know we have a podcast coming up very, very soon on how to get the most out of showcases in general. We'll talk about our showcase as well as other showcases in the industry. And uh, I think that it's a it's always a fun time. It is like our Super Bowl. Yep. And it's uh, so February 11th, you said it. It's at Temple B'nai Tikva with classical caterers um, right on Finnegan's Lane in North Brunswick. Um, and even if you already have entertainment booked and it's not with us, um, we still encourage you to come. There's a food tasting. There's great vendors. And you'll see a mock mitzvah. You'll see the timeline of what we generally like to say is a good formula for success. Um, you'll see a lot of things that, um, you know, things to consider. You'll, you'll see right on there, um, you know, all the sparks, all the dry ice, all the special effects, lights, and why it might be important. So yep. we hope to see you there, February 11th, SuperBowlShowcase.com. And uh, this was a fun episode, Dylan. 24 tips yeah. that became 25 for 2024. Awesome. All right. Well, take care of yourselves and each other. We'll be back next Monday with another great Mastering Mrs. Topic. That's Mike. I'm Dylan. We're from Explosive. And we'll see you guys soon. Peace.